Welcome, movie fans. Thanks for joining us for episode 75 of Reading Between the Reels. If you're a new listener, we're so glad you found us. And if you've been enjoying the show, please tell someone about us. Send a tweet, post to Facebook, write a review in your favorite podcast catcher, or just recommend the show to a friend. I'm Craig Dickinson. I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Corey Heitschmidt and Justin Eldon. How's it going, guys? Long time, no chat. It has been fantastic trying to dust off the cobwebs on everything for the summer pick-me-up and let's get going and stuff's not working. But now we're back. We're back. Justin. Yeah, so all three of us are teachers. So we are currently on summer break and we still have like summer break brain. So you're just going to have to bear with us as like our, our vocab ramps up to regular levels. It's true. Yeah, we haven't been talking nearly as frequently as we usually do oh, for the night. Oh, months. I've been talking much more just to uh, people under the age of 10. So, <laughs> Sure, you got that going. Uh, so today on the show, we're discussing our top five favorite movies from summer 2023. Yes. And uh, just as a disclaimer, uh, at time of recording, we none of us have seen Blue Beetle. That will be out by the time this, this episode drops, but we've not seen that yet because we have yet to been invited to... Uh, you know, premieres. So Warner Brothers, we're listening. We're, we're ready to go whenever you want to do that. Uh, but. You're, you're darn right. I am available for all premieres. I will get a yeah. sub for my classroom <laughs> in a heartbeat. Yeah. Oh, wait, you guys didn't get an invite to that premiere? Dang it. That's really awkward. See, I got a plus one, but I I'm, I wasn't going to bring any of you. So, <laughs> so we're, not, we're not talking about that. That might be great. I've heard good things so far. The, the early reviews are pretty good, but that will not be mentioned tonight. Uh, but we are going to talk first off about our top five summer movies from this last summer, 2023. And we're going to start with Justin. He's going to give us his number five. So uh, least favorite of the top five. I might be the only person on the internet that really enjoyed Secret Invasion. I thought it was great. Uh, it had its obvious flaws. I wish it totally would have done more with the scroll. Um, but coming off of other Marvel properties that I wasn't as happy about. I feel like this one was a little bit more grounded than the rest. If you take out the finale. Um, but for the most part, I was pretty happy about it as a, as a guy that really likes uh, winter soldier, probably my favorite MCU movie to date. It felt grounded like the winter soldier. Things weren't getting crazy. It was just some good, like, government political espionage esque stuff and it was it was just fun i was actually i was excited from week to week so because it's mcu related i'll allow it but let me ask you this as a follow-up do you think it would have been better as a two two and a half hour movie versus the six thirty to 50 minute episodes no i don't yeah i mean they're they're there was like admittedly a lot of fluff. And like I said, I, I really would have liked to see them do more with the scrolls. I really would have liked to see more of like scrolls implanted that in places that we didn't know, like big surprises. Like I, I don't want any like huge surprise, like, Oh my goodness, Tony Stark has been a scroll since first episode or first movie. I don't want that, but um, I just don't feel like they did a whole lot with it. And maybe they could have cut some of that out um, in a movie, but but I think a lot of shows have been that recently. I think we've we've talked a little bit about um, 
the Obi-Wan show would have been much mm-hmm. better as a movie right? as well. Okay. Fair. So Corey, what is your, uh, your number five? This is tough. This is tough because I feel like I have five solid movies here and on any given day, I could rearrange a couple of these movies, but I'm going to say my number five coming in at number five, <laughs> Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. That's number That's five? Number, okay. number wow. five. Oh, I'm putting Ooh. that as my least, but, but here's the thing. This is a solid top five list. It's it. I mean, we're talking 99, 98, 97, 96, as far as like my, I'm on board with this show. Yeah. The yeah. Thing yeah. About okay. Spider-Man that absolutely drove me crazy is because I stayed away from spoilers. I stayed away from everything. I went opening night with my kids. I did not know it was a two-parter. I, <laughs> I didn't even look at the poster. I watching the movie, and then I get to the end where there's this wrap-up, and Gwen's talking, and I'm like, dang, man, this movie's, you know, this, this has got to be wrapping up in like five minutes because, wow, they're going to, they're really going to hit the climax hard, and boom, we're done with the movie. You know, and then all of a sudden, it goes, to be continued. And I was so mad. I was in the theater. I was like, what? I was so mad. And I had yeah. no idea. I didn't look at the poster. I was caught off guard. I didn't know it was a part one and a part two. Because if it, I'll tell you this. If I had known that it was a part two, a two-parter, I would not have gone opening night. I would not have been like, oh, man, I got to go see this and keep going with the story. I would have been like, well, I mean, I'm going to have to wait for the second half of the story. So... Who cares if I watch it in the theater or if I watch it at home? I mean, other than the movie experience, which is great. But so anyway, that's why I'm putting them at number five. They disappointed. They broke my heart. That that was because I, I don't think I intentionally stayed away from spoilers or anything, but I did not know it was a two part. And I did the exact same thing right at the very end as like spot is seemingly increasing in power. I'm just like, that's a weird thing to do right before the final battle. No, we got to have the final. This is going to be a short final battle. And then. It ends. What the? Yeah. My word. I was so happy, though, that... Okay, so ever since the uh, 90s Spider-Man cartoon, uh, Spot, which I, I I guess I'd forgotten his name is Spot, has been like... I, I loved him as a kid. I thought his power was so cool. Uh, and then, you know, Portal came out as I got a little bit or, older. Portal, the, the video game. Um, I just I just thought that power was the coolest thing ever. And then for them to include it in here in such a cool way and then kind of play it off as a joke as well at the same time. Like I, I was excited to have him as the villain. You know, the, villain. the thing about that movie, because I agree with you, it was done so well in the cartoon. Uh, it's so difficult because you see a character like that, that you love and you think, Oh man, this guy would make a great villain or something to bring in other than just the green goblin. Or I don't know that that would have been quite as good as a live action versus versus a cartoon. Maybe I'm wrong there, but I feel like, well, they did it with Dr. Strange, the portals and things like that and how they reach through and just, and it works, but I, it's so quick on spider verse and it's drawn yeah. so well and so fast. And I feel like you can get a little bit more punchline and elongated arms and they don't have to be purport. It, and so I feel like you can get a little bit more leeway in that as a cartoon character versus yeah. a real live action character yeah absolutely well my number five is indiana jones and the dial of destiny which i was thank you <laughs> which i was pleasantly surprised by because i love the character 
Uh, we, we're going to do Raiders of the Lost Ark as a film, like very soon. I'm thinking when the when the the five disc collection comes out, we should we should definitely talk about that film because it's a perfect film in my opinion. I love that character, and I, I've enjoyed all the movies. The first three movies are essentially perfect in my opinion, especially the first one and the third one. I enjoy the fourth one immensely, except for the monkeys. Um, and so I was cautiously optimistic about this one, really wanted to like it, and I waited quite a while to see it. And I think really it was, Gore, I think it was your opinion that pushed me over the edge, where you're like, oh man, yes, it's so it good. Was. And uh, went with my family and my father-in-law, who had, you know, he, that was sentimental too, because my wife had gone with with uh, her dad when she was a little kid. And so there was that element too. And I have to say, most of the audience was older, which was kind of interesting. Like when you go to a summer movie, like it's typically kids and whatever, but it was there was like a lot of people my age and much older like senior citizens even. Um, but they all had a good time and like, and, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't great, but I enjoyed it. And I think especially the music for me, the John Williams score pushed it over the top. I, I really, really loved the callbacks, especially Marion's theme. Um, and some other things that just, yeah, it felt, it was just, it was fun. It did what it needed to do. It wasn't great. Um, but it was, it was good. I, uh, so off the cuff rank, rank Indiana Jones movies. I don't want to. Um, Raiders. Okay. Well, yeah. (laughs) Raiders, Holy Grail, Temple of Doom. And then I'd probably go four and then five. Crystal Skull and then this one. Hmm. What? And I I don't know if they're like, but like one and three are like basically the same tier. I would say. They're pretty close. But I I still think the first three are. I'm going to jump in here. I'm going to piggyback this because you just took my number two. This was my number two movie right here. Okay. This was was number two for me. Uh, but I, I'm going to tell you the thing I was thinking about, and I've, I've done some research here as, as far as like thinking in my own head. Uh, Indiana Jones, you know what I liked about this movie? and I uh, Because I really, really liked Indiana Jones. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was better than Kingdom of Crystal Skull. If he was not in this one, like let's say if, it's just like the first one. It's a callback to if Indiana Jones was not in the Raiders of the Lost Ark, Everything that happened in the movie would have happened exactly how it had to. He had no Uh-oh. effect on the outcome whatsoever. Oh, and I feel mm-hmm. like it would have been the exact same thing on this one. Oh, but we've we've talked about that. That's not true because it's, if he doesn't, sh- they don't get the. They follow him to Marion to get the headpiece. They would have found it eventually. No, they had no idea. The same. They would have gone worse because they would have just, even if they did find it, then they would have just put the Ark on the airplane and Hitler would have had it. It would have gone very bad if he doesn't stop them. Open it anyway. And so then the other guy, he was (laughs) in it. He was in it. And then in this one, and same thing, if Indiana Jones hadn't time traveled back, all those guys that were Nazis would have just been shot down by the. By all the soldiers in the in the war, in the little Persian war they were having, and he would have crashed into the sea, and that'd be the end of that. So, I mean, it was pretty amazing. I I thought it was, but but I absolutely loved it. I in my head it made sense. I was like, it's going back to the first one, that kind of mentality. Um, I loved Indiana Jones. I thought old Harrison Ford did it great. I couldn't see anybody else taking over the mantle. The chasing was great. You know what I what I really thought was amazing was when he went into the artifacts room to get the part of the dial, like, and there's all these things in there, and it makes me look and say, "That's Indiana Jones." Here's a here's an entire room filled with artifacts and adventures that Indiana Jones has had, 
you know, that were not movies that would be great to see. Like that could have been made movies if we were making movies, but anyway, okay. I, th- I thought it was great. I loved it. Uh, well, I disagree that he didn't have any effect on it, but I need to see the movie more to build refute that. Raiders, we can have, we'll have that conversation when we we're watch Raiders for sure. We'll have the protracted conversation, but we'll put a pin in that for now. So, Justin, you're number four. Okay, so this isn't a new movie, but it's a new movie to me. Uh, so, Greg tricked me into <laughs> coming over to his house, and then he tied me down to a chair, and. This sounds like it could get very weird. It's not going to. Uh, and then he forced me to watch Big Trouble in Little China. Yes. I had, I had never seen that movie before. Um, and I don't know how I feel about it because <laughs> apparently it's your a news. Apparently it's a comedy, but I just don't think it was meant to be a comedy. I think it was just bad. And they're like, let's rebrand this as a comedy. It's, a, it's intentional comedy. Like Army of Darkness is an intentional comedy. It's it was I was just so I I appreciate the fact that if I would have seen that as a as a young lad, I would have probably had some nostalgia over it and I would have loved it, but seeing it as an adult, I'm like I don't I don't get it. It's weird. It's weird stuff. Um it's so classic. Yeah. I love it. I know. It is is classic, but seeing it in my mid-30s, it it can't become a classic at that age. (laughs) See, this is another one. We're going to have to do this one for the show, too, to have a protracted discussion of it. I'm pretty sure our listeners would love to hear you squirm for 45 minutes. It'll just be me getting ganged up on. I don't want that. (laughs) This is one of those movies that did not do well in the theaters, but became a cult classic legendary movie. And I Mm -hmm. got to believe that's the legend of Kurt Russell is the main – he is amazing in that movie. <laughs> amazing as you could be to pull off a fantasy hallucinated type hero legend of story. It was amazing. But it, it does something. not hit on the same on the same nerve for someone who's in their 30s watching it for the first time, I guess. I will say the reason it's even on my list is because yeah. I really like 80s movies. They're mm-hmm. They're just they're done so well. I love the use of practical effects. Um, everything just feels so. I think I talked about this a little bit when we did um, Back to the Future, but I like like the gritty, realistic feel of those '80s movies. Um, so I I I did enjoy that aspect of it, and I don't know something about the the jeans makes me nostalgic the, the way people wear jeans in 80s movies i'm just like <laughs> oh ah simple times i remember those yeah a lot of things in the go. it's a weird weird movie though yes yes it is Corey, you're number four my number four. Oh man this is tough all right i'm gonna go with number four mission impossible dead reckoning part one again <laughs> trying to stay away from spoilers knew that was coming back up again. posters and not reading and paying attention and just ign- <laughs> apparently my brain not even seen on the ticket where it said part one so it's part I, one i get to the end of tom cruise <laughs> and i'm like tommy you're doing awesome i'm loving the show and then bam to be continued and i'm like are you kidding me because i was again crushed so one if you try and stay spoilers free, you end up getting like mad. That's my that's my takeaway from the summer. 
I can't stay spoiler free. I have to look at spoilers and and things so I know this because I would not have gone opening night again if I'd known I had a year to wait for the second one. Um, yeah, Corey, I, I think the lesson we're learning here is that you're the problem. Like, I think it's me. I think <laughs> you need I to look into the movie more. <laughs> I think I have a problem. Um, I think I think this Mission Impossible was great. I think it's a little more predictable for me because I can kind of formulate. I see where they're going with this. I'll say that this is kind of a crossover between Ben Affleck's movie uh, Paycheck, which was a great movie. I loved it. Lesser known, but I think it was a fantastic movie. And uh, and then. A little bit of uh, AI staying current with the times type thing. So iRobot, I guess, in some sense. You know, there's the AI part and movie paycheck for what's going on, I think, and how it's wrapping up. I will say, I do think Tommy had it all wrapped up in the end. I think he knew exactly what to do and what was going on. So when the movie ends, uh, I think I, I, I got a pretty good beat on where it's going. So uh, so it's a little more predictable than I think. The, the Ghost Protocol one was not as predictable for me. Henry Cavill turning at the end broke my heart, but absolutely, you know, and fall out. Yeah. Caught me off guard. Whereas this one, I don't (laughs) think there's anything on here. That's really getting by me. All right. Um, I'm going to talk about that one a little bit, but uh, my number four and and Justin's not going to like this, but my number four is the flash. Uh, which right. I know Justin, yeah, Justin saw that the second time I saw it. Justin saw it. He had he had some issues with that. I, you know, it's so the, many issues. The the biggest, the only thing I can say that I did not like about the movie is some of the unfinished CGI. That is it, because I love the fact that the Justice League is a thing in this movie. Yes, that it exists at the beginning. That this is, and we talked about this in our last episode about Zack Snyder's Justice League, that this was going to be the closest thing to a sequel we would ever get to that. And it essentially was. The first you know, 15 minutes or so is, hey, this is the fallout of the Justice League. It's formed and this is how they operate. And we could see you know, Barry get called into action. We see Batman in action. Wonder Woman shows up. Uh, and then we have, which I think is a really interesting story uh, about learning learning to let go and learning that you can't fix everything. I think that's a really interesting concept um, that I think it's interesting that Barry kind of gets some self-reflection in there. He's <laughs> the scene where he finds out uh, or, or makes a comment about how annoying his younger self is, is I think is pretty great. Uh, of course we get Michael Keaton back as, as Batman. And then, you know, the ending is interesting because it doesn't, you know, it ends poorly several times. And so that he has to make that decision uh, to to let go, and then ultimately he doesn't learn the lesson and still screws it up. So so yeah. I enjoyed. I see Justin just chomping at the bit to to say so many negative things. Can't, why can't we have good things, Justin? Why why? Because they're bad. We can't have good <laughs> things if they're bad. And I kind of take issue with you saying that the CGI was unfinished. It was finished in like the year two thousand one when the PlayStation two came out. Like that that's the graphics that were in that movie. So it was spicy. so bad. So I thought bad. the graphics were incredible. Corey, I, I thought he's running through time and everything that was set Ugh. up. I thought it was amazing. It was viewed from a lens of time travel. No, 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 no. Here's no. the problem. Uh-oh. It was very comic booky. It was no. very comic booky. And everybody says, if I don't get the comic book, then I'm disappointed. Then you finally do get the comic book, and then you say it's the PlayStation graphics. No. It's terrible. No. Corey, he liked She-Hulk, so I mean, no. Oh, I mean, I kind yeah, of. yeah. Uh, hang on, come on, hang on. The I I if I hear the excuse that 
the graphics were bad intentionally because it was part of like his time travel. If I hear that again, I'm gonna I'm gonna like throat punch a baby, a, a bad a bad CGI baby, and then stick that. it in a microwave. You know what? If we ever blow this because... up, that is becoming a T-shirt right there. <laughs> throat uh, punch okay, a baby. So the bad CGI was not just while he was running; like it was all the time. It just <gasps> it was it, so. It, why bad. are you just trashing? This is my pick. You didn't like it. It's okay. I it was incredible. You know what? I will say this. Here we go. Michael Keaton coming back to the as Batman was great, a little frosting on the cake. But the thing they had to do, and they knew they had to, they had to give him a Ben Affleck warehouse scene. <laughs> because his warehouse scene was basically a way to say, it's no Batman is standing right now unless they have a warehouse scene like that where we show Batman as the Batman. The not just a Oh, he's a throaty, uh, but like the whole, I can kick butt and make people fear me. And no matter what age, I'm still Batman. That was absolutely stunning. His little scene. And, uh, I, I thought, I thought it was great to do that. Well, and my takeaway from that too, is that you no know, Andy machete has now been tapped. The, the director of the flash has been, has been tapped to do Batman brave and the bold for, for James Gunn in the DCU. So, We've seen what he can do with Batman, and that makes me excited for what he's going to do moving forward with Batman. As this kind of a sneak preview. Yeah. <laughs> Justin. Justin, why don't you talk about – let's, let's move on to your something good. happy. You're, you're number three, Justin. Just let me oh. have the flash. Just let me have I don't, it. And I don't thank you, Nicholas Cage anymore. Superman, getting a cameo in there. Right? What? Craig, Fighting whatever you're paying me, I, I, want you to, I want you to double it if I'm going to be on here anymore. What's that? Whatever you're paying me, I want you to double it. Otherwise, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to be on this podcast. <laughs> I'll triple. Two it. times zero is okay. What's your number three, Justin? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not moving on for Flash yet. Uh, <laughs> if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about Ben Affleck, we need to talk about the absolute monstrosity that was his costume, and then the lines that he had. Just you can tell Ben Affleck that scene where he's standing there on the bridge with his costume that looks like. I don't know. It looks like a preschool play toy. Like he sta- he looks uncomfortable. He looks like he knows he looks like an idiot. Oh, that that oh. costume was so okay. Bad. I give you this. And, Mike, I... and Michael Keaton was good. Michael Keaton did a great job. I am sad that they wasted the return of Michael Keaton in such a terrible movie, though. It makes me mad. Uh, okay. I will say Ben Affleck's costume was was dicey. I think it was supposed to be so he could be dragged on the ground like metallic. Yeah, that's what I get too. Yeah. Like made out of antimantium or something so he doesn't get hurt. And he knew that because Batman's a detective kind of thing. But I – and I don't think this was Ben Affleck's best view of him as Batfleck. I mean he has been so amazing. Yeah, he's been so great. He definitely and was then- a little bit timid and the whole lasso thing kind of made him wimpier. Um, but let's dude, it's the, it's it lasso punchy. Idea. come it on. It's Wonder Woman's there. lasso. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. But they, they took that part out in uh Snyder's justice league where yeah. Aquaman did that. And then yeah. they just turn around and do it to Batman. All it had again. never so been we, there. I will See, say this. The, we didn't try to add that in. I didn't no, hear was, if you said it. It's not part I of the original the Flash's suit. Did you like the flash suit? I thought that was amazing. I like the flash suit. I thought the flash suit was fine. It was Craig, feel free to edit this out if you need to. Below the waist, it was a little like, wow, that is just like staring you right in the face, isn't it? 
little little tight. It was you know? a little weird. Yeah, there were some certain elements of it that they, they could have kendalled that just a little bit. <laughs> I thought it was really good towards uh, towards uh, DC's injustice level costumes. I thought it was really good. The Flash costume, and and then okay, they they make that big point at the beginning that he has to like uh, keep his energy levels up. Like that's 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 the whole thing when he's like yeah. trying to save those terrible PlayStation Two babies. Uh, but then they never revisit that at all. Like that is yeah. not just that's not a plot point in any way, shape, or form. It happens. Um, I was also super excited for them to include Zod and that whole thing again because I loved uh, that movie with with Zod in it. Um, Man of Steel. Man of Steel. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so I was excited for them to do that, and then I just feel like they didn't do it super well. Like that part was all right. That's a that's a minor complaint. Oh man. I don't remember all my complaints now, but this I remember like being the in the flash movie theater. Autopsy now it's transferred to oh. Justin. Tell me something good. Tell me that you saw something good that you liked for number three. You didn't like the Flash. It's okay. I just don't think I'm ready to move on right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Corey. What were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say the the Flash saving the baby scene. I thought was good. I, I thought. I mean, if I'm going, that's like a solid eight and a half out of ten. I thought. I know the CGI and the babies was a little weird, but. But I thought the premise of that and what he was doing was pretty pretty funny. The dog, all that aspect, the the humor. But I still say I'm going to go down and say the number one top speedster scene of all time would have to go to Quicksilver in oh, the yeah. X Men movie one. Yeah, that that one. The Flash looked like they were trying to copy that a little bit, and it uh, it just didn't. It doesn't quite hit the same. You're, you're talking Days of Future Past, right? The, yes, that one. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the Pentagon. Sing. In the that Pentagon. One, that yeah, was absolutely yeah. incredible. Okay. No, 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 not the Pentagon one. No. The yeah, one no, where he it's goes to the school and he saves oh. the, the school. Oh, yeah. See, I'd go to the Pentagon one. Yeah. Really? Jim Croce, like Time in a Bottle. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That yeah. One was good. The first one. They were both good, but I like the Pentagon one, I think. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Are we done with the Flash? Yes, we are. We can be done with I know the Flash. Justin's done with the Flash. Okay. What's your number three? Uh, number three, uh, and I'm not going to get political here, but uh, I saw the Barbie movie. And I really liked the Barbie movie. I <laughs> thought it was I thought it was a good movie. And I honestly probably wouldn't have gone except for, and I can say this because none of them listen to this podcast, I have one very conservative friend and one very liberal friend. And they asked me to go, and I was like, I would love to see that movie with you two and watch the aftermath of them just duking it out afterwards. And uh, it did not disappoint. I was I was very happy. <laughs> it did not disappoint. Were there yeah, I, I, just say, I just saved my popcorn f- from the movie and then go. just listened mm-hmm. to their conversation about uh, how good slash terrible it was. It was. It was awesome. Well, you told me you thought it was funny. It was funny. that's what I worked thought- for you. I thought Ryan Gosling was very funny. Um, had some some pretty good one-liners. I maybe I'm just super ignorant, but I I didn't see what all the fuss was about on either you, side. You didn't you didn't hear the America Ferrara speech the the five minute like this is how rough we have it speech. You you somehow you know, missed but at that. The end, but at the end, you of the go, movie, girl. The hey hey. You know what? If you wanted you to be spicy, that. it was your chance to be spicy. Was a flash. We're done. We're done with no, spicy. No, no, no. That was just a. That was that had no agenda. That was just trying to make money. This one, all I, I. No, this one had but an at, agenda but at the it. end of the end of this one, they they determined that the best society is one 
one that is ran by both men and women. I thought really? that was moral. I, how do you get that? Because they, they didn't even get a Supreme Court justice. They barely got like maybe a circuit court judge. Uh, the men? Yeah. Well, you know. It the, was not split up evenly at the end. It went uh, right back to the beginning with minor, minor, minor tweak. No, because here's what happened is when uh, Ken asked the Barbie to be on the Supreme Court, she herself was a Supreme Court justice, and Supreme Court justices cannot appoint oh Supreme my Court gosh, justices. Really? The president so appoints Supreme Court justices. So, so why didn't the president Barbie appoint some men Supreme Court, some Ken Supreme Court justices? Uh, it was in a deleted scene, Craig. Everyone knows that. <laughs> well, I saw it. I did not think it was funny. I thought it was lame and cringy. But I will say that I thought Ryan Gosling was amazing. I thought yes. that what he he sold out to what he did and, and just kicked ass. I thought that he he was great in it. I will say that. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I have to say. But I, I didn't enjoy it. I, I thought it was not funny, and I just I didn't really like the messaging. Yeah, and I don't want to go was... too far into it because I don't want to. I know some of our listeners thoroughly enjoyed it, and that's totally fine. If it worked for you, awesome. It didn't work for I me. Also, I also went in with the mindset of, uh, well, one, I wanted, I was trying to stay middle of the road <laughs> so I could listen to my friends duke it out. Um, <laughs> I but think also, I know what you're talking about. Well, I, yeah. Um, but my mindset was also, is this appropriate for my nine-year-old daughter? And, sure. Uh, no, the answer is no. It was not. <laughs> I think that's a good answer, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Corey, did you have a number three that we haven't talked about yet? Uh, no, my number three was The Flash, and my number two was Dial of Destiny, which we've talked about. So okay. I'm going to hang around for the number one, and I'm just going to comment okay. on your threes and twos. Yeah. So my, my number three was was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I did know that it was going to be a two-parter. And so I kept waiting for the – I'd heard. Like, it's basically an end on a cliffhanger. And I didn't actually feel knowing, – knowing that it was going to end on a cliffhanger, I didn't really feel like it did. It felt like it wrapped up enough. I mean, people say Empire Strikes Back is a cliffhanger, which – yeah, I guess so. But it also kind of has a natural end to it. I felt like this one did, too. It's, it clearly set up what the next movie is going to be. You know, like it should be able to just yeah. jump right in for the third part. But I didn't feel like this was abrupt. Uh, and I really liked the twist at the end. I really liked the Who Spider-Man thing when he went to the wrong universe. I thought that was was fantastic. I thought the animation was great. great uh, all the cameos. I, I would. <laughs> I need to see that again, and I need to be able to pause the movie because they kept showing up on the screen. It's this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. I'm like, slow down. There's too much. Yeah. Um, I, I loved the fact that Donald Glover was in it because it's always great to see Donald Glover, but to see that he's actually reprising his role from, from homecoming was, was really cool. Um, so it's just, it was fun. It was like what you want when you go to the movies. I love the reference to Tom Holland and the wizard or the, or to uh, yeah. Dr. Strange that they made. That was a great nod. And in my head, I'm trying to sort out, is it, are they really cartoons or is, are they acknowledging, I, I don't know, because then they it's, had one of those characters, which was an actual person. Who was that? Yeah, that's Donald Glover. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Donald Glover was in there. Yeah. And so I was, it was kind of threw me problem. off a little bit. So it's all the same. It's, it's just a different universe. It's a live okay. action universe. They're all connected. Okay. Somehow. The whole Because we also saw get him thing was fantastic that inside the spider-verse <laughs> yeah i mean because we saw uncle ben and we saw stuff from like 2002 spider-man too right yeah andrew garfield was in it so yeah it's all different it all counts it's all different variations different universes 
Yeah, between this and No Way Home, uh, Spider-Man's really having really having a moment in terms of yeah. nostalgia and bringing bits of him back and kind of. And I'm, I'm going to use this. Of him. I'm going to use this moment to say yes. No Way Home was absolutely the top Spider-Man of all time. That was a great movie. All three Spider-Man in one universe. I I I absolutely love that movie. I I can watch those scenes when they're fighting at the end over and over. Every time it pops up like on a TikTok feed or something, I'm like, oh, I got to watch this. Because I thought yeah. just the three of those guys together. I could easily see how they could have they could have wrote Miles Morales into that movie. They should have. <laughs> I honestly think they should have. I, he's I'm, coming. He's coming. He's, be he's the coming. Show. He's got I his own know, stuff. All they had to do was Ned oh. had to say, oh, that's just Peter Parker. We need to find Spider-Man. Find me Spider-Man. And then boom, right there, Miles Morales. Right see, I'm going to... I'm going to push back on that a little bit, though, because I think I think this is this is one of the few times that Sony has actually slow played things in the right way, because they did try to rush things with Garfield and like we got a Sinister Six movie. We got all this stuff and they made lots of weird decisions with Morbius and and uh, what's the new one? Craven and all this stuff and stuff. But they have the Miles Morales movies. They're animated. So he's he's getting to kind of just breathe on his own. I think that that's. A, a smart way to go. He'll get his three animated movies, and I think after that point, it would make a lot more sense to bring him in live action. You've already got kind of a reestablished fan base. I think it's smart that they haven't put him in twice. I'm thinking the next Venom. The next Venom's either going to be in Miles Morales universe. Venom three is going to be Miles Morales, or it's going to be Andrew Garfield going to get another nod. Why not both? Aren't we lucky though that we live I in a timeline where? Uh, all three live action Spider-Man have just been fantastic. Yes. I, I absolutely love all three. Yeah. All three. And the cartoon. Like, Miles Morales. Like, like for different reasons. They all kind of showcase different sides of Spider-Man and Peter Parker. And yes, I, I, I know there's some criticisms for Andrew Garfield's uh, Peter Parker, but I think overall, like all of them are false just really well. No, I, I love Andrew Garfield. <laughs> he is my, he is my favorite all around Spider-Man. He does seem to be the only one that really gets the, the flack thrown at him though. I yeah, think that's the beauty of this. No, Feige was the beauty of this Spider Verse right here, like across the Spider Verse. Which okay, Craig, you've got it as your number three or number two here. Is that yeah, it three. showcases all the different the canon events. There are canon events that every Spider. Yeah, that was a cool bit to too. Have. However, they're all different, and they have some nuances that are very different in their costumes, their designs, their their life, their story, the who they fall in love with, their whole. All of this stuff is different. That's just, you know, kind of there. But this is canon event, and you can't interrupt a canon event. And so I think the same thing, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, Tom Holland, and whoever Miles Morales is going to be in a live action, there's canon events, but they all have brought something incredible to the table. Yeah. Cool. All right, number two. Justin, you have a, a number two, one that we haven't talked about or something that you want to add? Uh, no, we've, we've kind of hit – all of mine, um, Spider-Man was going to be my number one. Um, yeah, okay. that that would be my list. Gory, do you have another one? All right, one we talked about yet? No, I've got some honorable mentions, and I okay. this one epic one that's in the honorable mention that I do not want to mention in my top five because I don't want it to be confused as being in my top five. Okay, so I'm just going to go straight to my number one. How about that? Okay, well, I have number my number two. Oh gosh, darn it! Sorry, crazy number uh, two. That, no, that's fine. My number two is Oppenheimer. Now, did you guys see Oppenheimer? I've not, I have not seen, seen it. Oppenheimer. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Well, I love Christopher Nolan. I think I'm on record pretty firmly 
on this show as being a huge Christopher Nolan guy. It's very Christopher Nolan. Does uh, anyone not like Christopher Nolan? Like, is that an opinion anywhere? I, well, I think there are some. There's some people that criticize the dialogue and the way that some of the, you know, they don't like the way female characters are drawn or whatnot. I've heard little nitpicks here and there. The only thing I will say I didn't like about this movie, just get to that first, is like the random sex scenes. Like, it's just it's completely unnecessary. Um, the character that Florence Pugh plays is really important to the movie. And it's, I get kind of the, the, reasoning behind using her in that particular way um but it just felt weird especially in a nolan movies because he that's just something he's never really done uh the only other nudity in my recollection that he had was in insomnia and it's a corpse on a you know an autopsy table um that being said the performances in this film are fantastic downey is unrecognizable uh, he's great. Matt Damon is great. And like really one of the few that brings any levity, which you need in some Nolan movies because they're pretty heavy. And this is, you know, it's three hours about the creation of the nuclear bomb. So <laughs> you got to have, you got to have some levity there. Florence Pugh is great. And Killian Murphy is fantastic. Um, Gary Oldman was in this movie and I didn't know it. I think I'd read that his name was in it. He plays, um, he plays Truman and I did not recognize that it was him. Like he just oh. vanishes into those roles and some of these roles in such a way. Uh, Gary so Oldman it, is really good at that. Yeah. Gary I mean, like is amazing that, for that. Yeah. I will fight anybody that's like Daniel Day Lewis is like my favorite actor, I think of all time, but I still know that it's him. Yeah. You know, he can see he, he's like, I'm, I'm watching it and I can kind of meta go, Oh, okay. That's him doing this. And that's awesome. And I can kind of see the wheels turning Oldman. It's no, it's, he just completely vanishes into some of these roles. Well, I, I literally didn't, I didn't know that it was out, him. Uh, Oldman was serious black until like two or three years ago. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. That was Gary Oldman? I, yeah. I you know what? Know that the, the and James Gordon movies, at the same time. Yeah. The amount of movies and characters he's played shows you how great he is that he'd be in yeah. this movie. I mean, this yeah. is a star-studded movie. Um, but also, um, Emily Blunt is in it. She's fantastic. The, the thing I thought was really interesting was that uh, Oppenheimer is not, he's not a good guy. Like he's a brilliant guy and he's, he's a very important guy, but it's not, this is not a sentimental portrayal of his life. Like he had some really strong communist leanings at the beginning and then he's a womanizer kind of throughout. And it's not, you don't look at it and go, oh, okay, he's, you know, he's a hero. You go look at it. Yeah. He's a very flawed three-dimensional guy. And I think that is kind of an interesting thing that no one really hasn't necessarily done. He's kind of more plot-driven. His movies are kind of more plot-driven than they are character-driven. Um, so that I thought was interesting that you would be that bold to be like, yep, here's this guy, warts and all. The explosion so. scene, Craig, would you rank that? Was it amazing? Uh, Over the top? Ama- yeah, see it. Guys, see it in the theater if you can. Really? Plan ahead because it's three hours. But um, – it is something to behold and not CGI. So I don't I have no, I'd love to see the making of that when they, when that comes out, when the disc comes out. Um, but it is gripping. It, I mean, it's three hours and it's not, but it's not like, Oh my gosh, is this over yet? It moves quite along. And there's a lot of things with um, flashbacks. It's told, you know, it's not yeah. told in a linear fashion, like a lot of Nolan stuff is. And then some of it's in black and white, some of it's in color. And, and I read well, some of the I reasoning behind that. Reason. Well, check this out. But the reasoning behind it is, is that Nolan wrote the script in first person. So when it's from Oppenheimer's point of view, it's in color. 
But if it's third person or from somebody else's point of view, those are the scenes that are in black and white. So I need to see it again. I read that after I'd seen the movie. So I need to see it again just to kind of see how that how that lines up and why that why those choices are made. But that'd be a fascinating one for us to do on the show for sure. Now we should probably warn Corey that Oppenheimer is a part one, part two. <laughs> Warning <me> what? <laughs> Opp- Oppenheimer, uh, it's just Oppenheimer part one. You know? Oh gosh. Yeah it 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 ends. You know, there's a that sequel. is false. <laughs> there's a sequel to it. I was told I need to wear sunscreen. Yeah, you, for you're the living the sequel, scene, Corey. But... We're we're the sequel. Yeah. The Cold War is the sequel, Corey. I yeah, have a fan theory about Oppenheimer. Oh jeez. <laughs> I love you do fan theories it's on historical movies. I got, I got my fan theories. Well, I mean, there was some of that. He was working for the Russians the whole time. That'd be a fan theory. Um, my fan theory. There you go. Well, that's just um, called a conspiracy. That's that's different. Okay, so Corey, I think you go ahead. You can go ahead and drop your number one at this point. All right, oh, my I'm number just, one, and I yep. don't think it's going to be a surprise to anybody that knows me. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I, I'm okay. prepared yeah. to to duke anybody. I'm prepared to punch a baby. If if uh, is that what you said, Justin? Throat uh, puncher, baby. Yeah, uh, anyone can punch disagree you with me. Get into the throat. Have you seen the throats? They're not very big, <laughs> but they're tough. Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. That's his number one. That's my number one for the summer. I listen. Tell us Transformers why. Transformers for me, and I'm going to explain this so that everybody can understand. Because we all have our fan favorites. This show that you are loyal to. I am loyal to the brand no matter what, and I'm on board with it. And so they will get my dollars in the theaters for support every single time from the Bayverse down to the Bumblebee movie to this one. I feel, I feel like they're getting better. Um, slipping away from Michael Bay at the end. Michael Bay did a great job. I think early on at the end, he kind of started to lose a little bit in the stories. I thought his last story, uh, the night one was not bad. I thought where they were going with it, it was set up well. But I think Rise of the Beast was a great one. And here's the secret why. The humans were not a huge part of the movie. The main characters were the Transformers and them fighting and doing things. And uh, the Beast, the Rise of the Beast. It was the humans were secondary characters, not main characters. And uh, I mean, they were in there a lot, but it was always with a Transformer for something. So... It was great. I think it sets up a great sequel to come up with a G.I. Joe crossover. That's just a nod to all the fans. Um, the story I thought was was good. It brought in Unicron. They'd left it definitely to where they could say, okay, we join the Bayverse if we have nothing else that we ever get to make. Or we have more stories we can go and we separate into our own universe. So, I th- so I was, think was, was this in the same universe as the Bumblebee movie? Yes. So okay. si- technically it's in the same universe. You, you could argue that it's a standalone, but I think it, it's in the same one. And then uh, I will say that this the Unicron part that they've got, I think, could set up such a great movie. Just they have to separate from the Snyderverse. You just have to call it separate and the, just the Bayverse. From it. Just do it's it. already it's already different from the Snyderverse. Oh, did I say I Snyderverse? Oh my gosh, I'm so stuck He's in my verse. Snyder, uh, Snyder's on the brain. I kind of yeah. want to see Optimus Prime. <laughs> And I will say this, uh, the one thing about this movie that my one, my one complaint, there's a deleted scene that they actually had almost finished of Optimus Prime fighting a bus, which is why he's in the parking lot in the very beginning on that rainy night. He's walking through there. There's a bus that he fights in there. It's a Decepticon and it's amazing because it's a vicious fight and it was mostly done 
CGI-wise to where if that had been in the movie, it would have been legendary. But the Optimus Prime has to take out the guy, and uh, I guess they didn't want him to see, see him that cruel kind of thing, like, you know, executioner style. But it was fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> Every Transformer you, you know, movie I'm going to put in the top of my list, just so you know. Okay. Well, I saw it. And there, there is one line, Justin, that, that mentions indirectly the Bumblebee movie. Prime says something like, I know a human was kind to you once or whatever. And like, that's all that is. Oh. Literally, that, that's the yes. only, yeah, it's not even, that girl was nice to you, you know. So that could that. be anyone, anywhere. It, it, like, it could be. Yeah. I, I think it's meant very much to be a reference to that. But uh, yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more leading into from that and also leading into the Michael Bay movies. But I think they're kind of hedging their bets on whether or not they're going to yeah. do that. It's kind of like the X-Men movies where it's like kind of fits, but it also doesn't at all. Yeah, it fits well, if you want it to, but not really. And I'm going to tell you, Pete Davidson as The Flash was amazing. That I, I thought he absolutely nailed it. I've, I've often thought Pete Davidson was kind of annoying to me, but in as this what? movie, I thought he was kind of annoying in as some Mirage, of the other right? things I've seen him on Saturday Night Live and stuff. And like, he's good. He's funny in certain right, like roles and things like that. You get him in the right time. And with how much he was in this movie, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm not going to like this. But no, he did a great job. He did a great job. Uh, Mirage was fantastic. Um, I love they did a little throwback. Everybody complained because Mirage was not the Formula One car that he was in the 80s cartoon. Again, just because it fit in the 80s cartoon doesn't mean it fits in the real life. But he did a little, I can change it in any car. And he became an old G1 Lambo that they used mm-hmm. in the 80s cartoons. And he became the actual Formula One car Mirage from the 80s cartoon and then tra- transformed back to the Porsche. So it fit well. Ah. It was kind of a, I can do what I want. And uh, just a nod to say, here you go. Okay. And, and to bring know, it full circle, Pete Davidson was in the Snyderverse because he's in the Suicide Squad briefly. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's Blackguard. He's he's the traitor guy that gets them all killed on the beach. He dies like in the first five minutes. <laughs> I do love that movie. <laughs> so, Corey, in, in your honor, I actually watched the uh, 1986 Transformers cartoon movie, animated Ooh, movie. the movie with over, Hot Rod over the summer. Prime. Uh, and I've just decided that it's a musical. It's like an hour and a half guitar solo. That's like all that movie is. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Like it kind of it kind of revs down every once in a while, but then it's right back up. It is. I'm telling it's you, it's very very 80s. Just an hour and a half of some guy being like, I could shred it for an hour and a half. Yeah, I could do this, guys. Yep. <laughs> uh, my my number one, and then we'll do honorable mentions. My number one is Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. Which is because Corey and I saw this together. It's interesting that we had very different uh, yes. takeaways from this. I knew it was part one. Uh, and I just, yeah, <laughs> it's on the poster, man. Um, look in the poster. This movie uh, was, I just kept saying, this movie is so tense. Like, I just felt stressed out almost the entire movie, but like in the best possible way. It built the tension so well. And even though we knew Tom Cruise was going to drive a motorcycle off a cliff and then parachute off, the way we didn't know the context and the way that it works in the film, I think is fantastic. And then to follow that up with the greatest train wreck ever and to have them have to continually just move up each train car as it progressively falls down the cliff I'm gonna, was one of the I'm greatest gonna, action um, sequences I've ever seen. I'm going to push back against that. I think Flash was the greatest train wreck ever. Oh, stop. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Back, yes. back to the well. 
Cell uh, five. Yeah. You know what? We just cut oh your bay in half. Have you seen Battlefield Earth? We should watch that because that is a train wreck. I can. I've seen far worse movies. You just haven't I, seen nearly enough I movies. I kind of like Battlefield. Earth. <laughs> oh my gosh! I really want to so see Battlefield Earth. It's that's so John bad. John Travolta. Right? I like yep. it. Heck yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, the end of John Travolta's that. career. The premise right is good. All right. So oh, no. the thing about the thing about Tom, uh, Tom Cruise, I'm going to tell you this, like, Craig. You say this all the time. Tom Cruise is the last great movie star. Amen. Just. Everything about that guy just exudes movie star. Him doing his own stunts. I I swear some of these actors, if they're in a movie with Tom Cruise, are thinking to themselves, man, I don't want to – I want a stuntman to do these things, but it's Tom Cruise. I can't. Yeah, and he's 60, so now I have you to. Know, so I have to do some of my own stunts, and I'm going to have to yeah. learn how to fly a helicopter. I mean, they, I don't know what – it would be like challenging to your manhood to, to do a movie with Tom Cruise because you'd be like, hold on. We got to yeah. cut because I want a stuntman, Tom. And he'd be going, oh, man, shift gears and jump off and parachute down. What's the big deal? It's a mountain. Sure. <laughs> I, I, I do have to also say, speaking of, of fan theories, uh, the guys at Tatooine Sons had a great episode what, right when this movie came out. Um, so it's it's a little ways back, but, but it's not hard to find. Where they talk about um, – how do I put this without spoiling it for you? Haley Atwell and the way that she is connected to Tom Cruise's character how her character and, and his are connected. Uh, but yeah, great. That's a good theory. And I think that holds a lot of water. I don't want to spoil it. Like, go yeah. find the episode and let's do it because it's it's awesome. And it'll be something that will be revealed for sure in part two or number eight. Yeah. But uh, was, yeah, good stuff. Tom Cruise just seems to be getting better. Just better at these. And, and what do we movie. got? Two more of these on, on record? At least one is almost – I think one's all is in the can or just about – yeah. Part two is, and then I think, and I think there's one more after that. I don't know if it's been officially announced, but okay. we'll have to see. Well, does he have a running scene? Tom and I does he run back channel? Of course, he has a running scene. That's good. Yeah, that's good. he's always running. And what's funny, you watch older Tom Cruise movies, like because it was like the first time they really made a big deal of that was like Mission Impossible three. And but if you go back, like he's running in pretty much every movie. He always his whole trailer pretty is pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Because I've been watching a lot of Tom Cruise movies recently, older ones too, and he's still running through those. I'm like, okay. So honorable mentions. Honorable um, mentions. Just rapid fire. Anything that you didn't didn't quite make the list. Again, oh, okay. I'm going to throw oh, this one out there. Avatar, Way of the Water. I know that one came out a little bit earlier, but yeah, that's not a, that's not a Chris, that's a Christmas movie, Corey. Can't that use Christmas? that. I keep my timelines are summer. all mixed up. Oh my god, it's summer like well, from May what? from May first on. Avatar was another to be continued movie. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. So there's we'll talk more about there. Yeah, we'll talk more about that sometime soon. Justin, Wait, do so, you have any other? I mean, if Christmas is too far back, is 2009 too far back? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you went back to the 80s with Big Trouble in Little China. That's true. That's true. You know what? Screw the rules. Okay. Um, well, the next category is for screw the rules. This one is for this summer. Oh, okay, a little bit of stru- so- See, we're, we're, again, we're working off, working off the rust, people. Um, Guardian Guardians three. That's on my list too. Yeah, yeah. I didn't make I, my top five, but I haven't seen it yet. But I'm. I, I have to been it. pretty disappointed with Marvel, kind of in general recently. I think ever since I saw Ant Man, I was like, oh no, they're not getting better. These like the glory Qu- days. Are, yeah, it was. Yeah, trash. it was. Yeah, oh, I thought man. the glory days were behind them, but Guardians was like surprisingly good. And I, I think like that's it. a throwback, though. I think that was basically in the can from a while back and it's james gunn so he's kind of doing whatever he wants so i think that's kind of why we got that but 
I yeah. liked it. It had it had a Me good too. balance of heart and humor, which I feel like Marvel has lost. Yeah, um, the heart so aspect. The heart, yeah. the heart. Yeah, because it can actually be sincere in certain moments, and you don't have to punctuate it with a joke. Yeah, there were there were. I watched it with my wife, and there were several times where I where it was um, it was like a heart wrenching moment, mm-hmm. and and I even I even said to her, I turned to her and I said to her, I'm like, okay, all right, they're gonna they're gonna end it with a joke right here because the emotion is getting too strong, and they didn't. They let the emotion like play its play its way out, and it yeah, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I will say my I saw it with my kids and my 13 year old daughter had a little bit of a hard time with it. She's very sensitive toward animal stuff. And so oh, and I yeah. talked to Corey about this as well, that there there are some and I don't know if they're graphic, but I think it's fairly obvious what's happening with some animal cruelty things like it's not exploitative or anything like that. Um, but if you have little kids, I would say at least have that conversation with them and maybe preview it first. So Corey and I have talked yeah, about that. Yeah. It was a little bit uh, jarring in parts. Like it was a little not graphics, not the right word. Like one, one uh, severity level down from the word graphic, whatever that might right. be. Uh, but it was a little like, Oh my goodness. Oh, okay. We're just, we're going to go with that. Yeah. I read something that somebody said, like if you look, watch guardians one in the context of this movie, that those conversations with, about him, um, because he has conversations with, with Drax, like in the bar, you know. Those yeah, kind he, of the, he hints at it just a little bit. A little bit that those have a lot more weight to them now. You know, I'm not yeah. a raccoon and that kind of stuff. You know, there's, yeah, you get to see, yeah. like the first time you see like all the, you know, the the, um, the surgeries that he's had and that kind of stuff. Now we kind of know how that's happened. And so there's, yeah. The only thing I didn't really like about that movie, I think, is kind of what they did with Gamora. Because I, and that's just a choice, you know, that she's a different Gamora than the one we're used to. And so just having her go on that path, I'm not going to spoil since Corey hasn't seen it, um, as opposed to kind of bringing things back to the norm, they didn't do that. So I thought that was, was a choice that was different than I would have done, but that doesn't mean it's not a good choice. I thought it was strange that uh, Peter kept saying, what, like you don't remember you don't remember well of course yeah. she doesn't remember those things didn't happen to her that's I, right. I thought that was like come on peter you're smarter than this that's true yeah but it would be confusing that way i could see where that i mean you're it might sitting. also be realistic that way that's true yeah. like you'd be thinking oh my gosh they just have amnesia yeah okay so and i also had i also had rise of the beast on there too which i i enjoyed it it wasn't my top five but and honestly on you know, I think I saw I saw just about everything that came out this summer. I didn't see Fast Ten because it's Why? Fast Ten. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I might watch it at some point. If they invited oh, me to the premiere, I would. Stop. Um, so what I wanted to talk about now was just and again, just kind of rapid fire movies that you finally saw. And Justin kind of started us off with Big Trouble in Little China, which yes, is supposed to be a comedy. It's hilarious and it's amazing. It's fantastic. But anything else that you finally got around to watching during summer break? I'm gonna throw one out. Our movie theater does uh, free movies during the summer for kids, and so you know my kids are. It always plays movies that were in the last couple of years for free, like Shazam. Shazam Two was one of the movies which I thought was, you know, kind of nice. I mean, that's a free show to watch that recent. Uh, so we ended up, I went with the kids on one of the free days where we went to the theater for free and watched Tom and Jerry. And I'm going to tell you, I absolutely enjoyed it. It was, <laughs> it was a very loud theater with kids talking the whole time and have no, no movie etiquette whatsoever. But uh, it was, it was great. It was a blend of 
animation live action. I thought it was great. Uh, Tom and Jerry have to work together to kind of save the day at the end. And, and it's totally cheesy, completely unrealistic, and just hokey. But if you're sitting there with a six-year-old, you're going to love it. So, Excellent. Justin, you have any others that you want to mention? I have a bunch that I'm just going to shoot off real fast. Yeah, so I like to use my breaks, like winter break and summer break, and watch uh, like franchises or trilogies or whatever it may be, just kind of like all in one sitting. By all in one sitting, I mean like consecutively because I tend to watch movies in like 20, 30-minute chunks. Um, but I decided to watch like the entire Terminator franchise, kind of start to finish. Wow. Uh, because every time I watch that franchise, I have a different opinion about it. And the first two movies, as everyone I think might agree, are like super solid. Mm-hmm. Quality drops off at three. Uh, but then after three, like Dark Fate and Genesis, I don't hate them. I don't like them, but I don't hate them as much as I remember. And then Terminator Salvation is really good. I don't understand the hate for that movie. Even like I, I was even double checking like some reviews and a lot of people really hate that movie. And I just I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I thought um, Christian Bale does a great job as John Connor. I love just seeing um, everything post Judgment Day, like War Against the Machines. I thought that was really cool. Um, I loved it. I I didn't think that movie was lacking. I, again, I don't understand. I don't understand the hate. Yeah, I, I, that's okay with me. I, I actually like Dark Fate quite a bit. The others I can kind of take or leave, but one and two, I agree 100%. Number two is was on my sequels, like top sequels of all time list. Yeah. Um, so that's good. But yeah, yeah I, I think Gen- I think three is just trash. Three is a retread of two, but not done nearly as well. Three is bad. Genesis isn't great, but I'm glad they kind of scrapped that idea. Uh, and But yeah, Dark, Dark Fate I thought was just kind of a fun ride. I, I like yeah. the the Terminator, the direction of the Terminator in that one. Like it's kind of scary again. The way he can like mm-hmm. he has like an exoskeleton or an endoskeleton and as well as the uh like liquid metal stuff going on. That was cool. Yeah. And you get Sarah Connor back, which is nice. You get Sarah Connor back, yeah. Um any others that you want to talk about before I just I'm gonna just shoot off. I got like five. I got or one six. more. Oh. Yeah, go you for it. Me? I got one more uh, show that I finally got around to watching is Superman and Lois, CW, season three. And I'm going to tell you, I absolutely adore the show. It's very soap opery. It's got some, you know, it's it's kind of like Smallville where it's got some drama in there and some soap opera type stuff, you know. And uh, But I would tell you, CW in this movie in the, or in the CW show for Superman and Lois is investing in the CGI. They make some excellent Superman stories. His whole family drama he's got going on, but then he also has a son who's, you know, who's uh, superpowers too. And and so they're doing some team-up stuff. I mean, it, the Superman 3 season, I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm going to tell you the way it ends. I cannot wait for season four. Yeah. It was epic. As good as a movie. Again, to be continued is exactly where it left off. Uh, <laughs> that's how shows work, Corey. That's how shows work. And it makes me mad. But season four, I think, is they're going to be their final season. Uh, but this... It has been a tremendous show for them to make. I think it. the CW movies have all been that way. The Flash was great. Green Arrow was great. Um, and then this one right here has been absolutely incredible. Um, again, towards the end of the seasons, late seasons, they start to fall off, I think. 
but Superman's held up. So if you're looking okay. for a good show, get out there and watch Tyler Hoechlin. He, I didn't like him at first, but I think he's grown on me, and he's a he's a high level great Superman show. It's on the list. I'm, I've finished. I liked season one, and I just I just need to get in. And I have a long list though. Uh, so some of the ones that were on my list that I did take care of, uh, I watched on Keith Cowher's recommendation. I watched The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Yes. With Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage is, is fantastic. Uh, I effing told you. I won't I won't drop the F-bomb. Um, but yeah, Pedro Pascal is, is great in it too. That's, that's a really fun movie, especially if you like Nicolas Cage movies or have just yep. – even if you don't like – if you've seen a lot of Nicolas Cage movies, which I have, um, the references to those are, are amazing. Um, I also finally, yeah, yes. Uh, I finally watched Sicario, which Ooh. I don't know how that slipped through the cracks. Uh, and I know there's a sequel, which I haven't watched yet. Um, but like Benicio del Toro is fantastic. Josh Brolin's fantastic. Emily Blunt's fantastic. Just great story. I was like, I've been watching um, Lioness on on Paramount Plus. It's it's the new um, Taylor Sheridan one, and uh, he wrote Sicario. And so I was like, oh, let's go back and kind of find some of these other things that he's done. Um, I finally watched Midsummer. Did you guys see that yet? I think that was because I watched Florence Pugh was in Oppenheimer. She's one of the stars of that. It's a horror movie. It's kind of like the Wicker Man a little bit, um, where these friends go to this. They go to this isolated village in Sweden, but it turns out it's a cult, and like really weird stuff happens. Um, so kind of a horror, culty, just bizarre movie. Um, I finally watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, these are like, like, I think that's 2019. Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio. It's a Quentin Tarantino film. It's fantastic. It's it's really, really good. Uh, I don't want to dig too much into that, but check it out. If you haven't watched it, watch it. I watched, speaking of Brad Pitt, watch Bullet Train. I feel I feel like I'm getting on, I got, hey, I got to find everything by this actor. Kind of did that. Bullet Train. Highly, highly recommend recommend Bullet Train. We I've did John Wick. Because of what you said about it. Yep. Yep. So, you know, one of the co-directors of, of John Wick is the director of this, and it's kind of John Wick. It's kind of Tarantino. It's quirky like that, but just amazing action. It's funny. There's random cameos. Um, have you seen it, Justin? I have. It's just just a good time. Like it's just, just fun. Just fun. Yeah. Just fun. Uh, and then not fun. My last one I'll mention, um, A Clockwork Orange. I watched oh. that. Stanley Kubrick. Um, just bizarre just so weird i'd never seen but i heard about it and and you know there's certain things that just keep showing up in modern movies that are influenced by kubrick movies and so um that was when i watched and i didn't really enjoy it but i pushed through and watched it so but it was interesting seeing malcolm mcdowell young that was probably the most interesting thing because i've only seen him as old uh, I mean, I'd recently watched Star Trek Generations with my son and, you know, he's the bad guy in that. And I've just always seen him with white hair. So to see him with blonde hair was, was trippy, but, uh, yeah, I don't recommend it, but I watched it. So, yeah, yeah, that's a good list. And some other things I think, oh, I watched three days of the condor the other day too. Didn't like that either. But, uh, I mentioned this to some guys at, at lunch the other day or, or at training I was at the training. Um, Teacher training that if you've seen Winter Soldier, there's some heavy re- like that Winter Soldier, the the Marvel movie is a, is an homage in many ways to that film. So um, that's why uh, Robert Redford's in Winter Soldier. That's why they had him in there. Hmm. So um, final thoughts on this summer's movies or just you know catching up on films and just coming back. What do you guys think? Uh, I feel like um, 
post-pandemic, we've had quite the lull with movies. There hasn't really been anything too amazing. And there was a big question of, are movie theaters going to stick around? Is everything going to go on streaming? What is the relationship between movie theaters and streaming? And then it was just nice this summer to have like, oh my goodness, there are a lot of blockbusters in, in theaters. Uh, theaters are not dead and movies are not dead. Even if there's a writer strike, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Love that. That's, I'm glad you brought that up. Corey, did you have anything you wanted to say? Well, I think, I think it's all the movies and everything we watch and the depth of stuff that we like and don't like or make fun of and don't make fun of on this show. I think it just showcases that go watch good movies, look for good storylines and have a good time, good conversation talking about them, whether you like them or don't like them. It's a good time to talk with your friends about stuff and, Pretty soon you find out you like certain things and you can tell what movies are, you know, like the connections between them and how they work. And and uh, I I don't know. I think it was just a good summer of shows for me. I was pleased with a lot of them. And some of them I even said, you know, it's not the best story, but it's a great arc or a great continuance. Or uh, And so I think, I think it's fun to get on a show like this and talk about it and get other people's input too because it ends up making good shows better and sometimes bad shows pretty good decent so but nice. not flash <laughs> i was gonna praise you too justin i was gonna say i really like what you said though it was interesting to see there are more than one movie at the theater that i want to go see i actually kind of want to plan my summer out a little bit to figure out when i'm going to get to see all these films yeah. and make a point of doing that where it hasn't been that way for the last couple summers so it was nice to, to have that again as a, oh yeah, this is a thing we can go do. Cause I love going to the movies and if it's or for, and for event movies usually. Um, so it was nice to have those options this summer. So as we close, we just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook, email us at reading between reels at gmail.com or use the speak pipe app on our website. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend and support us by writing a review on your favorite podcast catcher. Our next episode will be a discussion of our most anticipated movies scheduled for this upcoming 2023-2024 school year. Send us an email or voicemail about your most anticipated movies, and we'll share it on the next episode. 